Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Supercoach Racing, I'm Watto and I'm joined by my co-host Justin and we'll be talking about Supercoach Racing tonight, how last week went and how round five is shaping up. Justin, how's it going? Very good, thanks Watto. Glad to be back as always and keen for what's going to be a very big day of racing with uh, five Supercoach Group 1s and a fabulous undercard at both uh, Rose Hill and Flemington. Yeah, and there's, there's plenty of different uh, options this week as well, which we'll go into. Yeah, it's um, it's just very even racing across the whole day with no clear standouts. And, of course, there are some cheap selections across the day, but there's a couple that I'm very keen to take on that are favourites in these races. And hopefully this is the week where we're going to separate those players who are going to just play it safe the whole way to those that are willing to take a risk because across uh, after this weekend... It's going to be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and from what I've seen in some of the uh, fixed odds markets for these upcoming Group 1s, it's just going to be stock standard stables, and I feel that everyone is going to have the same selections incentivizing the Melbourne Cup. Whoever wins the Wakeful will probably start favourite on Thursday in the Oaks, and uh, on Saturday in the McKinnon Stakes and VRC Sprint, we've got Nature Strip and Zaki, who, who will both start sub $2. So I think based off that, most people are going to have very similar weeks uh, over the next three, and this is the one where you want to make your move. Yeah, exactly. Going to be some exciting uh, racing ahead. Um, looking back last week, how'd you go? How'd you go, Justin? I actually didn't fare too bad. When Zaki was scratched in the morning, obviously there was a big shell shock across not only the racing community, but Supercoach as well, because he was plenty of people's captain going into the Cox Plate as the very warm favourite. But 
Since he came out of that race, I ended up putting in State of Rest, who did go on and win it. And I was tossing up between him and Moanga, and based off my own selections, I did have State of Rest ahead of Moanga in the race and managed to throw him in, so that was a little bonus. Having that horse there, forgot you got the chockies for us, which I was pretty happy. Uh, captaincy selection there, so uh, cheap 62 points, and with Animo and Very Elegant being rolled, who plenty of people would have had as their captain, and even Elephant, with Buffalo River coming out earlier in the day, I think that sort of gave me that little bit of an advantage, not by a heap, obviously, but some slight advantage uh, coming out of last week. Yeah, definitely. It was the one one after Zaki uh, was scratched. It was definitely an option of two horses, and it kind of determined in your week which horse you went, I reckon. Absolutely. I mean, Elephant, plenty of people did go with because I think he was about $1.50, $1.60 when, uh, when Supercoach Lockout... Uh, shut and then obviously had forgot you who who were barking up last week and very elegant and animo in the cox plate and at the time it was very hard to split those two and i think plenty would have gone for animo but i think a few would have also gone for very elegant so whether you went animo or forgot you as your captain and uh if you went with one of those two you've had a you've had a fair day yeah exactly exactly on my hand i had probably a lesser uh week than justin um i went Mwanga over a state of rest. I kind of kept changing my mind uh, within five minutes of lockout, uh, and I made the wrong decision, obviously, in <laughs> hindsight. Um, I also captained very elegant. That didn't really work out too well for me either. Um, and I accidentally had... Initially, I had J-Mac uh, as my jockey accidentally, and I realised my mistake a few minutes before lockout, rectified it by popping J- uh, Damien Oliver in, and it actually turned turned pretty sour for me. I mean, at the end with those jockey selections, it probably didn't make too much of a difference because although Ollie only scored one point, James McDonald scored seven, so six points of difference. It's not the end of the world there after what was a tough week for some. Yeah, especially if there only being one meet, uh, it really reduces those jockey points compared to, say, weeks like this round um, where you got two different uh, fields. Yeah, and I think as we look through the jockeys this week, there do look to be some even jockeys at Melbourne, but one that clearly, I think, does stand above the rest and no shocks there, but we'll reveal that one later on in the podcast. Yeah, so what's your what's your week plan? We touched on it a little bit before, but what are, what are you focusing on this week? This week for me, it's about going for gold. I don't want to have the same stable as what everyone else does, which means... And from my own personal selections that I've had in each race from doing a form earlier today, I'm actually keen to take on a few favourites that plenty of people are going to have based on expected points here. And, yeah, my plan is pretty much just be that little bit different and try and boost myself up the rankings a little bit to be somewhat competitive over the next three three Supercoach rounds. Yeah, I'm in the same vein of uh, thought. Just go really risky this week. Uh, pick a very unique team or try to just kind of trust yourself don't fall into a uh, group think or if you see some options on twitter that you're really tossing between um just go just go what you, what you think will go well and i think nailing the captain selection is pretty important there's quite a few options this week um and it showed like last week if you captain forgot you or state of rest over say the likes of very elegant Pondus, even Elephant, you've really made up some ground. 
Absolutely, and as you mentioned this week, it is so crucial to nail your captaincy selections. As you said, there's so many selections that you could have as your captain across the two meetings, but it's going to be interesting to see what most people go because um, in the group, whether you play the group ones or maybe some of the shorter price favourites in the group twos, but even the group twos I feel are very competitive and those horses who are quite short in the market I feel don't deserve to be that short and yeah, it's just it's going to be very interesting to see just how people are playing this week. Whether it's, I guess, I'll be looking at it whether they're playing by form or whether they'll be playing by the odds. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and sometimes those overlap for sure. We'll head into the Group Ones to start with. We'll go to Rose Hill. The only Group One there is the Golden Eagle. Um, how how you how you looking at it? Interesting race. This has only been around for two years. Not a Group 1 by name, but being a $7.5 million race, it's got Group 1 status on Supercoach. I'm Thunderstruck is the favourite for the race, but I'm more than keen to be taking this horse on. $4 is not the right price for him. He comes through the two-rack handicap where he carried 52 kilos. He obviously goes up 5.5 for this race, and he did beat Tefane, and I felt Tefane was quite unlucky in that two-rack and could well have beaten him had she had that little bit more room on the inside, and... I just think going to Sydney, he's still a very raw horse and now he's, I think he's six or seven starts into his campaign. It's just, there's a lot going on for such a raw horse and how's he going to handle Rose Hill as well? It's a tricky course for some. It's hard to make up ground there. And honestly, when I look at this race, I can see six or seven, even eight winning chances in the race. And I just feel I'm Thunderstruck. Could be a little bit of a dangerous play if you're looking at him as even your captaincy selection of the day being, I think he's about a $4.00. Favourite in the event. I think Private Eye is a great chance. I think even Aegon is a big chance. Apache Chase, I've got to have something on ASA. He's my favourite. Uh, Alsberg, Count de Rupi was a good thing beaten last start. If Maximal, he's the interesting one. If he shows up at his best and can handle gate 22, he will just win this and he will absolutely smack this field. He's about $10 with the bookies, but he's a three-quarter brother to Frankel and he has form around the uh, St. James Palace Stakes, which is just... Poetic flair, we're talking world's best horses here. He ran second at Bayeed last start, who is the world's best miler and currently undefeated. This is elite, elite stuff we're talking here. And like I said, if he shows up, he just wins this. But it's a matter of how's he going to handle Australia? How's he going to handle Barrier 22? A lot of questions in the race. And overall, from a super coach point of view, I don't actually want to be playing here. Yeah, the only horse I'd suggest, I'm a bit wary of I'm Thunderstruck as well. Uh, from the odds, from the just looking at it at a brief view, you think, oh, great, for around four dollars uh, has had good form in the past, but that that uh, weight gain, the weight rise, is a bit of a very high risk, especially in a field such a big field as this with twenty two horses. Um, I do like Private Eye, bit of a risk given the field size, but at two seventy five k. Um, decent expected points and good form with two wins from four. Um, I would very much like, I'll be selecting private eye for mine, but definitely you could easily stay out of this race. There is plenty of group ones, uh, this round, and this is probably the riskiest one to pick one or two horses in. Absolutely. I mean, I'm thunderstruck could come out and just blow him away because he could be just that much better than them. But I just feel being so unexposed and he's racing, I think, better quality horses than what he faced in the two-rack handicap last start. This is going to be a big effort for him to win this. And I know he's very cheap with Supercoach, but just from my form point of view, I think there are a few little question marks around him and you might be better off if you're looking to take a risk, especially in this race. 
Could be, as you mentioned, Private Eye looks a great chance. Apache Chase, he's going to be riding the pace. Those types of horses are going to be ones that the market finds on race day, and um, that could well influence how this race pans out. Yeah, and generally a 250k uh, Group 1 horse favourite um, would probably be very highly picked, and it still will be highly picked this week. But we're coming into a round where most of the stables are pretty easy to manage uh, cash cash wise you don't really have to sacrifice anyone i don't think um especially with some of these group ones going at 100 200k um it's really you can pick any you don't have to really rely on that getting those 250k 200k horses in every single race i would be just summing this week up as gut feeling you trust your gut and just go with it because that's the only way that this week's going to pan out with, as we've mentioned multiple times now, so many chances across the day and such competitive fields. Trust your gut and just go with it. Yeah, exactly. And this is when the uh, Supercoach racing season release heats up. Um, and like we said, this is probably the risk, the time, the round to risk it um, and kind of get a bit of a point of difference. Absolutely. But... I think we'll move across to Flemington. We've covered the Golden Eagle. We'll kick off with the Empire Rose Stakes here, race number five, the Mare's Race Over the Mile. What are you thinking here, Watto? I like Tofane. Uh, highest expected points out of every single horse, I believe, uh, this round. Uh, it's a bookie's favourite, and it is at 500k, so you won't get a price rise out of it. But at this stage in Supercoach Racing, the cash ten's not really as important. You've... You've made, in the first four rounds, you've kind of made all that cash gen and you can kind of afford to pick some max price horses if they if they seem favourable. Um, I honestly think it'll be highly owned and probably highly captained and it has an ideal barrier for uh, this race. I do like Colette and Mystic Journey, but I won't be going on either of them. Um, I'm sticking with one, one horse in the Rose Stakes. Um, I don't really want to be putting two or three horses in either of these group ones just to kind of spread spread my field a bit. Uh, what do you reckon, Justin? Yeah, that's probably a fair way to play it this week as well. On my personal selections in the race, I'll be going with Mystic Journey. I feel that she's just ready to peak over the mile. Her two runs back this prep have been very strong and uh, she's just been crying out for this mile journey. Barrier three, many people have looked at the gate and thought, oh, they might... She might be a little too far back here, get caught up in a bit of traffic as we saw she was in this race last year. But we've also seen her in the past over the mile. She can actually utilise that gate and find herself on the speed. And if she does, she might land three pairs back off the speed, one off the fence. And if she does, she's got this turn of foot to just put this field away. Although last start probably wasn't necessarily the strongest race to come through with Pride of Jenny coming out and flopping at its next start... Um, I also, and still a stars, obviously, she's meeting again here. I just feel, coming up to the mile, she's got the most improvement to make in third up. She's the one that's been set for it. Other horses have had other goals throughout the campaign. Mystic Journey's here to win, and I'm pretty keen on her. I'm taking Tefane as well, purely because um, most people are going to have her, and if she wins, I don't want to lose those extra 40 points, and although many will captain her and double it, I'm hoping my captain in later in the day can make up for that, but... I just feel gate number two, um, I'm still a little bit questionable over her with her over the mile. I know she nearly won the two-rack handicap last start, but I'm just still not 100% convinced. She got the she got the suckers run in the two-rack handicap and really had 
every opportunity to win outside that little bump that she had on the bend, which probably cost her beating I'm Thunderstruck. But she carried top weight that day. She's obviously meeting these mares at, at uh, weight for age, and she obviously does look a strong hope in the race if she can just hold that form. And if she does run out a strong mile and can find that clear run again from barrier two, then she's going to be hard to hold out. But I just feel I'm not confident, super confident in the race, but I'm happy to be taking two horses as a bit of security that I feel won't be missing the top four. Yeah, exactly. And those three horses we've mentioned, they're pretty clear like in in terms of betting um, compared to the third line as well. So you kind of have a bit of safety. There's a lot of a lot of people expect, especially Tafane and Mystic Journey, to place um, comfortably. Yeah, for sure. My little worry with Colette is she's obviously a wet tracker. Um, her, her form says that on paper. She handled the soft ground last start at Caulfield, and although there's a little bit of rain around on Saturday and Friday night, this track drains like you've never seen before, and we'll be racing on a good four for sure. I just feel. Good four, she can be left that little bit vulnerable and a couple of these other mares in the race, even the Sydney mares who are at a bigger price, such as uh, Amaralina, Hungry Heart, Mirror Vision, even Kiku at a big price, I've heard plenty of people pumping up. These are horses that can all run very well and we generally see very even result in the Empire Rose Stakes. But for me, Mystic Journey and Tefane I'll be taking in my stable. Yeah, awesome. I'll be I'll be taking Tefane just. Um, we'll move over to the... Penfolds Victoria Derby, where there's two clear uh, favourites, Forgot You and Gunstock, uh, both familiar um, horses in the past few weeks. Uh, Forgot You, 150k, Gunstock, 100k, and they're both very high in the expected points um, category. Um, for mine, I'm so locked on Gunstock. I didn't pick him last time. I went with Gundek in his previous race and i'm not going to make the same error uh again has run so well two placings and uh, two wins sorry and a number of other placings and we'll just need some luck from the gate yeah that's the thing with him he just needs that bit of luck from outside being drawn 19 this forces his hand to go back in the field and try and make a long sustained run what i love about him is he's a 2500 meter horse in the race he has no brilliance as such about him but he's a stayer. And that's what you need in these derby races. You need horses that are going to run out the journey because there's going to be plenty here that don't run it out. I've got him in for second, but definitely taking him in Supercoach. I'll be going with Forgot You. I've been with him since the start, as I mentioned last week. He's one of my favourite horses going around. Uh, I found him about three months ago for the derby, and he was obviously at a much bigger price than he is now, but I'm confident that he is going to run out this 2,500-metre journey. And although people are saying he's had a couple of gut-busting runs uh, to, to win those races at Mooney Valley where he's only sort of just found the line. I just feel he has a real will to win and that's going to take him a long way here and I think he, I don't think he handles Mooney Valley either. He hits that flat spot but going to get to Flemington. He's going to have this big spacious track to play with. Barrier 8, he's going to find a beautiful spot in running. If he sees clear air, he's going to run this trip out strongly and hopefully he just has that few extra lengths up his sleeve uh, on Gunstock, who is currently the favourite, uh, to just hold him off uh, coming into the final furlong but Forgot you for me. I nearly captained him, but just, of course, very worried about Gunstock. A uh, couple of other chances in the race. Hitotsu, very nice type, but got to take a big step up to 2,500 metres from the mile. Allegrong brings down very strong form. I think even Jungle Magnate was very good last week, can, last week and can uh, run a big race. Tutu Kaka won the Geelong Classic. Looks a proper stayer, but 
I think most people will be having the same two horses in this race, and that's Forgot You and Gunstock. Yep. Yep, I definitely agree. I said before that price isn't really an issue this week, and with Gunstock and Forget You uh, being two pretty much must-selects, it really opens your stable up really well. And I I think as well, coming into the last two group ones, which we'll talk about, they're more open races that you can take that risk in, whereas if the derby is looking a little bit stock standard, these two horses both look as if they're going to run out 2,500 metres, and it's just if you, do, if you do want to choose a captain in one of these races, you just need to have a think, do I want to go with the odds, or am I going to try and find which horse I believe is going to run out the 2,500 metres, uh, the best out of the two, or does forgot you have a bit more brilliance than Gunstock? Is Gunstock the better stayer? Just got to weigh up that on how you want to play the race, whether it's a captaincy or not. But, yeah, as as we mentioned, those two are going to be the two clear standouts in the race for Supercoach selections and probably two of the top three selections on the day. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, We'll move on to race seven, uh, Coolmore Stud Stakes. Anyone you're selecting or looking at uh, in this race, Justin? This is the race that I'm most keen for on the day. I absolutely love it. It's full of quality. Uh, the favourite in the race is currently in the Congo. He's been heavily supported in the market over the past 48 hours, but personally, I've got no idea why he's been so support- supported. I get that he won the Golden Rose, and yeah, he beat Animo in that race, but he was absolutely gifted that day. That rail that he was on was like fire. If you were off the rail, you couldn't win. He was hard against the fence, led the whole way, just ran him off their legs over 1,400 metres. I feel it's not going to happen in the, in the Coolmore here. With straight racing, he needs to show that he can handle the straight. He's drawn out wide, and all the speed he's drawn out here. Home Affairs is drawn wide. Uh, the other one, Kalos, he's drawn wide. So they're all going to be going head-for-head head, uh, up to probably the 400, 300-meter mark here. And I think the race just sets up beautifully for Extreme Warrior. Love this horse. Rosemont, Re- Rosemont Stud recently bought uh, the majority share into this horse, which means they're going to stand him at stud. So to me, that's a real positive indication that they think that this horse will be winning the Group 1 because if they hadn't bought the majority share, he wins this Group 1. You could add an extra two zeros to what he's currently worth as a colt. So barrier 9 drawn inside the speed. He's going to get that beautiful run towards the inside of home affairs and in the Congo. Hopefully at the 400 metres, he does exactly what he did in the Blue Sapphire Stakes. Peel out, go bang, and go straight past them. He's my captain for the day, super confident in his chances and can't wait to see what he does in this race. The other two horses I'm giving reasonable chances to as well are Artorius. I think coming back from the mile to 1,200 metres is going to suit him along with straight racing, as long as they keep him fresh. He has a habit of missing the start though, which is the obvious concern. He could be a little value play uh, in the race if you're keen to have uh, take a little risk here. He's around $8.50 in the market, so that could be a little... Uh, value there. He's got a scintillating turn of foot w- when he's right, and Barry Falls the only issue whether he gets out or not. But keen that he's going to run a good race, and Paul Lely's done nothing wrong. I just feel that he act- he lacks that little bit of X factor that the top two of my selections do have in the race. But as I mentioned, very keen here, Extreme Warrior. He'll be the only one I take in the race as my captain, and more than happy to be potting in the Congo, who I feel may just fold up and yeah, just uh, not run to price expectation. Yeah, and I think in the Congo will be heavily backed uh, generally. Um, so it is a good uh, reverse pod, as I like to say. Uh, a horse you don't pick, and then they're heavily backed, so you're kind of playing against the horse. Um, it probably a really good selection to stay off. Stay off. Uh, Extreme Warrior, I'm on very hot as well. Uh, Bookie's favourite. Has great form, especially at the distance. Paul Lele, as you mentioned, 
has is really good at the distance. Um, I just think Extreme Warrior is gonna gonna win. Like, got a lot of faith in him. I just can't believe how good his Blue Sapphire win was. He he pretty much burnt Profiteer off like he was nailed to the fence. It was it was that it was that type of win of a Group One winner and. Hopefully he does claim that Group 1 win here. Look, I could end up with egg on my face with in the Congo. Maybe he is just better than them. But I'm just very keen to be staying away from him. I feel there are major risks coming back from 1,200, coming back from 1,400 metres to 1,200. But I know plenty of people are going to have him in their stable purely because he will end up starting favourite in this race. The market every year in this race loves the Sydney form and those Sydney horses coming down and He's probably the number one act coming into this race, coming down from Sydney along with Paul Lele. So pretty sure the market will find those two. Extreme Warrior might actually start second or third favourite in this race. Hope he does. Better price for us and a little bit more super coach value as well because plenty will drop off him if that's the case. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting to know in the Congo, really hasn't had a bad race, um, but the the shoe always drops. And this some people are using that as a uh, thing to put him in. But it could easily he could easily have a bad race for the first time. Uh, yeah, and this is this is arguably the best race he's taken on, and I, I understand that the Golden Rose is a Group One on paper and a very strong race at that. But and yeah, he beat Animo and he beat Artorius, but those two horses were just phenomenal. The amount of ground that they made up made up in that race on a leader bias track, you don't see average three year olds do that. Just felt in the Congo had a lot go his way. Coastwatch is the interesting one who came out of that race. He ran third in the Golden Rose, split Animo and Artorius, didn't finish far from in the Congo. He's subsequently been beaten uh, twice uh, since that run. Both times his favourite, got beaten by Halal both times. And I think to me that's a little sign that that rail really was fire and those horses who were up against the fence, are they are they as good as they performed on that day? That's, that's what I'm asking, I guess. Yeah, it could be a bit of a trap. Uh, we'll move over to race eight, the last group one we'll be talking about, the Kennedy Cantala. Um, I think there's only really one option you should be selecting, although Justin can go into others. Uh, Mr. Brightside at 175k, favoured uh, by the bookies in this race, uh, has won its last six. Um, the form could not be better. Five wins from five at the distance. I reckon it's just a clear lock, in my opinion. Yeah, he's my top selection for the race as well. I find it very hard to look past him. And I know I've been saying, you know, take, take a risk this week and everything, but uh, my risks sort of come by not having a pick in the Golden Rose. Uh, maybe I'll touch on one of my selections later as well, which is a little bit of a risk. But for me, Mr. Brightside, he's one you need to have. He won the Seymour Cup last start, and that form's been proven uh, to be very strong in this race with... Um, Turn Me Loose, who was the 2015 winner of the event, he took out the Seymour Cup and came on to win this race after taking out the Crystal Mile. Not only did Mr. Brightside win the Seymour Cup, but he beat Wicklow Town and Just Folk in the process. He meets Just Folk again. But both have been subsequent winners at uh, a very high level in City, com- in City Company. So I just feel that it's the right form coming into this. This is the race they've set him for all campaign. And of course, he's been up a little while, but six straight wins. Um, barrier six, he's going to get a beautiful run as he has pretty much every start this campaign just in behind the speed once he sees clear air craig williams knows the horse very well he'll know when to press the go button once it's pressed with 52 kilos on his back hopefully he just goes whooshka and goes straight past them the other horses i actually i've been tossing up uh with a few selections here if 
one of my other selections in Great House comes out earlier in the day. I'll be looking at putting putting in uh, Arameo. I'm very keen on this horse's chances as well. Uh, he was good in the Epsom last start behind Private Eye. Comes down here for the mile, loves the trip. Although his Flemington stats aren't very good, they were probably in unsuitable races. He's just flying this time in. Going to get a beautiful run again. Looks a great chance. Cascadians placed in this race in the last two editions. Third two years ago, second last year. Can he go one better? Draws wide and James McDonald on. I love that combination. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. For him, storm down the middle of the track and be a big chance. And Superstorm, he's done nothing wrong. Comes through the Turak, so has to be some sort of chance as well, but... Yeah, from a Supercoach point of view, I'll be going with Mr. Brightside, purely based on uh, the consistency of the horse. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, And a few of the other options, given just the wide variety of horses we can select this week, they're just unselectable, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely a race that you could try and risk, risk it a little bit, because outside of Mr. Brightside, the race is wide open, and one thing we can say that's a negative about Mr. Brightside is he's not proven at this level. He's not proven against these top quality horses. But on progressiveness and scope that he has to improve, he's the horse I want to be with. But if he doesn't match up to these horses, then we've got about five or six horses that can win this race. And the one I think will be heavily backed in the market and could just about start favourite in the race is Shalo. I potted her, I think it was two weeks ago, just saying she didn't rate that well with her first up win. I'm still not 100% with her, but if the track is a good four, she has to be some sort of chance at least, drawing wide. She's going to have plenty of room to move and rock it down the outside of the track. So she'll be some sort of chance, and I think come race day, the market's going to find her, and I've got a feeling we'll have a new favourite for the race in the Cantala Stakes. Yeah, exactly. It sounds, it sounds in my mind, it sounds a bit of a trap, given that just such a wide... Uh, wide open race after Mr. Brightside. It, you see in those group twos, there's just so many good options that a lot of people might not select. I think those are the races you can kind of target for those pods. Yeah, definitely. I've targeted one of them races for one of my pods and probably two of them actually now looking at me stable. But yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see if people do risk it a little bit more in the group ones and whether they have a selection in all five group ones or a couple in one race and none in the other like I have. It, it, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting week at that. Yeah, exactly. We'll move on to the group twos now. 
Um, there's four of them this week. We'll start with Flemington. Uh, the Z Run Wakeful Stakes, race three. There's a few options you can select here, but there'll be one who stands out. Yeah, this is a really interesting race. Whoever wins this will start favourite in Thursday's Oaks, and I'm assuming will be most people's captain uh, in that race. Um, I did have daisies in my stable, and she'll be one that I do look at putting in if Great House comes out as well. I'm really keen on this filly. She was a great winner in the ethereal stakes. Uh, she was trapped wide, went forward, and just kept kicking, and she looks every bit of staying type of filly. Flemington will suit her down to the ground with a big track. Barrier one, uh, they showed last start that she can go forward and utilise that gate. She could potentially lead this or sit just on the leader's back, and if she does, she does have that turn of foot to put these horses away. James McDonald goes on, no negative there. Um, I feel this is a bit of a trap race for me. I think Al Patronus is way too short in the market. It shouldn't be $3.60. It's just he's she was beaten. She's had two races against Barb Raider and was beaten both times. So I think that's important to note. If you think Barb Raider can't win, then I don't see how you could think Al Patronus can win. Um, I give Barb Raider some sort of hope, but I've definitely got Barb ahead of Al Patronus here. She's my third selection. Um, happy to be avoiding her, which for me is my little pod because um, I'm hoping that she does have a little bit of a flop run and uh, plenty of people bomb out with her. Uh, thinking that she might secure those 32 points and even a potential captaincy selection. I think Kapalua Sunset can improve. Stalking will handle Flemington. We haven't even mentioned Yearning, who won the 1,000 guineas at Group 1 level last start. She's by Rising Romance, who finished second in a Caulfield Cup. That's just staying pedigree. So I think the race is much more wide open than what the market's giving it credit for. Yeah, exactly, and can kind of fall into that trap of following following the market and then the expected points follows that as well so it's a very high expected points horse um i believe top 10 right now um and if the market continues to favor her it'll just continue but i think i agree with you it's one that i'll be staying out of yeah it's i know plenty of people have been wrapping her up and saying that she'll just go on and win this race brett preble jumped off kapalua to ride al patronus but i'm not convinced he jumped off that horse i think the the owners might have kicked him off because of a little bit of a poor ride last start. But, yeah, El Patronus, I mean, I understand why the market likes her because she's been racing the boys who are favourites in the derby, but I just think there's much more value plays in this. And, yeah, as I said, if Great House comes out uh, earlier in the card, I'll be, I'll be going with Daisies. Yep. Um, we'll move on to race four, the not-one-day Linlith Go Stakes. Uh, there's two possible chances, both high XP, again, uh, Kemal Passer and Oxley Road, mm-hmm. um, both I believe are ten, top ten options. And when I'm talking about uh, X, XP or expected points, um, it's important to know there are a lot of options you can kind of select in and out um, that are very because there's so many uh, Group One and Group Twos uh, this round. You can flip them out in and out pretty easily. Mm. Yeah, and it's 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 just one of them weeks. There's 30 or 40-odd horses um, that you could potentially put in your stable, and, of course, your stable only fits eight. So it's just, again, trusting your gut and trying to target those Group 1s and Group 2s that you feel you're most confident in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like Oxley Road at 225K, favoured by the bookies, and is a great option. Um, and if we see a few scratchings, we might it might be a race of seven, so no price drop. Um, one last distance and will be hard to beat, but hasn't raced at this distance for a long time. 
He's a very interesting horse, Oxley Road. I've got him in for 30 in my selections, but he's obviously flying at the moment. He won the Caulfield Sprint last start, which, which was a very good win at that where he beat Malkovich. Um, I understand why he's favourite, and Kemal Parsa, he's won the last two editions of this race, so and he's just a straight track specialist, so no doubting his class coming into the race, but this is one of my pods here. I'll be going with Brooklyn Hustle. She is a dead set money muncher, but I love her. She's a beautiful chestnut. She should have won last start, but I'm not sure what happened with Craig Williams jumping from a wide gate and finding himself uh, on the fence last boxed in. Interesting ride, but I'd say it's definitely cost her the race, and had she won that, she probably would have ran in the Matacado last week and been rather competitive, but the money was really on for her first up in the Moya where things went wrong. Money found her, the money was with her again last start, where she finished fifth, obviously very unlucky. I think the money's going to find her again, but what I'm really loving here is she's drawn barrier four and most of all straight track racing, although a straight track record doesn't read fantastic. She's been in much stronger races than this. If I was James McDonald, I'd just be letting her flop out of the barriers and find her feet early and... I guess once the field starts to clap on the pace a little bit, just bring her over the top of hills and let her go whoosh, get down the outside. She's got the best turn of foot in the race, and if she's within three or four lengths, she'll just beat these horses. Um, as I said, though, she's been a little bit of a, a a nightmare for people who've been sticking with her, in, including me, but I just love her as a horse, and if she's right on the day, and if she gets that peach of a ride from James McDonald, which obviously I'm hoping he gives her, then I think she will be winning this race and being the third selection in the race. Uh, that's a little point of difference for me. Yeah, awesome to hear. Um, and it's important to know this is pretty... Uh, it's not really a wide open race and it's a small field, so going with a pod in this race compared to some of the other races uh, that have 20-plus horses, um, you're kind of lowering the risk a bit in terms of what can really happen. Absolutely, and... Uh, as I met, uh, probably should have mentioned this earlier as well, Kementari, I'm hearing, will be a late scratching in the race. He'll be going to Sydney for the Classic Legend, uh, which will bring this field down to eight horses uh, at, ma- at most. We'll move on to the Rose Hill Gold Cup now, race five. Um, there's two good options in it. Um, a bit pricier than... Uh, most of the other group twos, but you can kind of, if you favoured one horse, you can kind of use them as a pod. Uh, not many people will be picking these more expensive horses in group twos. Uh, thinking over at 500k, very pricey, um, and has one of the highest expected points given its uh, odds and how it's favoured by the bookies. Um, and I, I, I have faith in a win. It's in my stable as a very sneaky pick right now, but who knows if it, if it if he stays. Um, I like Gold Trip 2, but there's just so many different options. And at 325k, I'd only really take one if you really wanted to go and get some risk. Absolutely. The key to this race is if you're going to have a pick in it, you'd only pick one horse. Um, I won't be with Think It Over if I do have a pick in this. I'm totally against him. Skylab and Gold Trip would be the two that I look at. If Gold Trip's right, he'll win this race by 10 lengths. But if he's not, he was obviously scratched from the Cox Plate last week because uh, of, of a little injury cloud over his head. But everything seems to have magically fixed itself in seven days. And he's up in Sydney now and looks a massive chance in the Gold Cup there. Skylab gets a four kilo weight swing on Think It Over here. And I think if... 
Skylab on that day was the only horse to make up any ground and think it over had a beautiful run just in behind the speed, peeled out, went bang, and yeah, he won by two lengths, but four kilo weight swing in favour of Skylab. I just feel over 2,000 metres, he's going to just get to the back of maybe a gold trip or a, or a um, think it over and possibly even just go straight past him in the straight. And at $8, I feel that that's a, a massive point of difference if you're looking at taking a little risk and definitely considering either gold trip or Skylab in this race if I do have a scratching come race day. Yeah, exactly. And it's probably important to note as well with scratchings, um, gold trip, could could be a scratching as well on Saturday, like not putting that into the, the air or anything, but it's very important if you pick some of the riskiest selections or just any horses, um, just have a check on Saturday if they're all racing before lockout because you can get caught out like Zaki, caught out a few people um, last Saturday. It's always good to just double check. Um, it's pretty easy to find um, news and stuff even easily on Twitter um, for that sort of thing. Yeah. Absolutely, and as well, just before um, the lockout happens in Supercoach, if you go into your stable, come race morning, if you do have a scratching, you will have like a little a little um, signature thing at the top right corner or the top left corner of your horse, basically just saying that this horse isn't running anymore on the day, and um, when I went in and saw Zaki out, I was like, oh no, this can't be happening, but um, yeah, it'll just, it'll just tell you that that horse is not running on the day, so you don't necessarily have to try and do too much research on it just go in check your stable make sure everything's still running and if there's anything different with any horses just take them out and pick a new one yeah great pickup great pickup and it's always it's always good to have a few different options that aren't in your stable just in case you need to make a late change and you only got like 10 15 minutes before lockout you can kind of just take a horse out that's been scratched and kind of quickly fill in a horse you're already kind of pre-selected as your like emergent like emergency emergency or like your spare yeah that's that's exactly what you got to do just just be wary of what horses you've got running and make sure that they are running and you can maximize your points rather than having to rely on what you were hoping was going to be your emergency on the day but uh let's move on and we'll go to the classic legend stakes race number six what are you thinking here what for the sprinters we saw plenty of them in the everest of course last start um, the only one I'll probably touch, um, and that's if I don't go with Think It Over, is Mask Crusader. Um, great expected points. Um, is in that top 15 range and very pricey at 500k, hence why I'd only go for him if I was, for some reason, thinking over Think It Over. Um, I like him as a pod pick, um, but very risky. Um, who 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 are you liking in this race? Any 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 others? Um, I was I did have Big Parade in my stable, um, but I took him out. I just wasn't sure what to do with him exactly. It's a, it's a very hard race because if you look at it just from a form point of view, you go Mask Crusader just wins. He should have won the Everest. That's a much better race than what this is on paper. And of course, you look at Eduardo third in the Everest, but the question with him is, how's he going to run out thirteen hundred meters? My issue is with Mask Crusader at Rose Hill. He's going to get back to last. He bombs the start. We all know that it happened in the Everest, and that's what cost him the race. He's going to get back to last. Rose Hill, so hard to make up ground here. And if he gets the back of a horse like Kementari, who might necessarily take him all the way into the race, it's going to be very slicey and dicey to try and weave his way through the field and get there on the post. Because if he gets there, I can't imagine him winning by three or four lengths as, as he probably should on quality. It's just... 
on a speed map point of view, he's so risky coming into this, and I just feel those horses who are going to sit up on the pace. Lost and running, he was very good in the Everest. He'll be somewhere near the pace, just jumps from a wide gate. Big parade or lob outside the leader or even take it up. He's in terrific form at the moment and on an upward spiral. Standout's got plenty of early speed from barrier one. He'll kick up. Maybe that sets up for Mars Crusader to come down the outside. But of course, Rose Hill, as I mentioned, it is a dangerous track, this. And it is just so hard for horses to make up ground. Your percentages of wins for horses you're better off being in the first half of the field than the back half. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and there's just a, there's so many options this week. Um, this race, um, the Classic Legend Stakes, you can kind of stay away um, and kind of put put your horses, put your stable in different, in different races. Yeah, for sure. Unless you're looking for that pod, I mean, I wouldn't blame you if you did have a look at maybe something at a bit of value in this race to, to be different, but... It's not necessarily one I would I'd recommend to everyone out there. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, we'll move on to the group threes. We'll only be touching on one, um, just because we had a bit of discussion about it. The Lexus Hotham Stakes. This is the best of the day. His name's Great House. He should have. He was very good in the Caulfield Cup, I should say. Now we're talking Caulfield Cup, one of the best staying races in Australia. Second favourite in the race is Mankayan, who's about $3.80, and Great House is about $2.80. The difference between those two horses should be triple that. Mankayan should be about $6, $7, and I'd quote it, Great House at just about even money. He should just be winning this. Caulfield Cup form just reads so much better than anything else in this race. And Mankayan, as you look through his form, he's a bridesmaid. He doesn't know how to win races, and I felt he had every chance in a much weaker race last start. And if I was looking at expected points ratios currently... Don't read too much into it in this race because Mankayan will drift and he'll start a lot longer as long as Great House stays in the race. That's the key. The whole point of this race is you win and you're in the Melbourne Cup three days later. So whoever wins this goes into the Melbourne Cup. Currently, Great House sits at, I think, 24 or 25 in the ballot. 24 horses run in the Melbourne Cup, so the next couple of days, if scratchings come up, um, is going to be interesting. I hope they elect to run him in this race because I think he'll just win 24 free points, in my opinion here. And I don't think everyone will necessarily be looking to play in this race purely because of its Group 3 status with, uh, I guess, nine other races on the card with the four Group 2s and five Group 1s that plenty will be wanting to play into. So could be a little point of difference uh, for people to be playing in here with, with Great House. And he's only $200,000, so he's he's pretty cheap. Yeah, great pickup with the Melbourne Cup. Um, possible late scratching. I think, yeah, it's exactly. If this wasn't a Group 3, it was a, if it was a higher rated race, you could probably select both of them. Um, but Mankayan is a place. He's a placer, and it's hard to go past Great House. If you can fit him in, I think he very clearly wins this race. It's more if you, you're you only getting a max 24 points. Um, but if you wanted to bank that um, in one of your slots and kind of sacrifice some upside for a better floor, you could definitely, definitely do that. You can't go wrong with this pick. That's exactly what... The, what my thought was in the race. The one I thought could run a big race at a reasonable price was Emissary. His first up run in Australia at Sandown, he looked like he was going to take um, a lot of beating in some of these types of races, but his form really dropped off after that, where he ran 7th and 5th at his next two starts. So disappointing to date, but I feel getting to Flemington and up to 2,500, this is going to suit this horse and his style of racing. So I wouldn't be shocked to see big improvement from Emissary, but even if Great House wasn't at his best in this, he could... 
He could be two lengths off what he produced in the Caulfield Cup last start, and he would still win this. Based off that form, I I cannot recommend any other horse in the race. He's just the best of the day, and yeah, he's just unless a King's Charisma or Mankayan suddenly jumps out of the water and improves five or six lengths, which it's hard to see happening. I just see Great House winning here. If Great House gets scratched, would you would you like going on Mankayan, or you just think avoid if he gets if he gets scratched? If he gets scratched, I would half... Oh, no, I would probably look at going in some of those Group 2s that I mentioned and trying to find uh, pluck out that little bit of value in such as Arameo or Big Parade in the Classique Legend um, or even Daisies in the Wakeful, as I mentioned. They're the type of horses I'd rather be looking at as... I, I don't trust Mankane as far as I could throw him. If, he came, if Great House came out of the race, I think he'd definitely be a top three lock, but then you're looking at 18 points for second, you're looking at even less for third... I'd rather be taking a little bit of a risk and going for the 32 with daisies. Yeah, play, for example. Yeah, placing's yeah. great. In a group three, you're kind of just sacrificing points for sacrificing points. Yeah. The only reason you'd play into this if you saw a standout, and I felt I found one here, and, yeah, hopefully he doesn't doesn't let me down if he does run. <laughs> all right, all right. I think that's all the races we we have have to run through. Captaincy, who are you looking at for captaincy selection? Uh, I'll be going with Extreme Warrior. I feel the Coolmore's his for the taking based off the Blue Sapphire win and hopefully banking a nice 80 points there in what could be a point of difference with the captaincy. What about you, Watto? Yeah, I like that pick. Um, I'm on Tefane. Um, I don't actually think it'll be as highly captained as I I really believe. Um, it'd be nice if we could get along with the most owned, you'd get a most captained, but it's so easy to change. Um but yeah, I'm just going with kind of secure the points and kind of make try to make up the points with my pod selections. For sure, it's hard to see her missing out on a top four spot, and if not, she's she'll, she'll look she'll give you some sort of good hope at one stage if she sees clear air. So Tefano definitely a good selection for captaincies. And what about jockeys? Uh, we both thinking the same thing this week? I don't think so. Thankfully, there's 19 meets again. Um, we're not we're not going with I think it was nine last week, um, so we've got a bit more selection. Um, I do like a few jockeys, but I'm going with Hugh Bowman. Uh, nine races um, has the highest expected points out of any jockey at this stage uh, based on odds, and I think he can comfortably get four to six placings. What about you? Uh, I'll be going back to what I probably should have done last week and going with James McDonald. He's got. Great rides throughout the day. Fangirl's favourite in the first. She's my second pick. Great house. We mentioned him. Daisy's. She's my top selection. Brooklyn Hustle, top selection again. Amaralina run a big race. He's just on good rides throughout the day, and I'm expecting him to hit double figures. Yeah, and he just... Well, he even had a good week last week when he only had, I think, four races, was it? Um, so he just does yeah. not have a bad meet. You can trust him as well. He's a big-time rider, and on these type of days, he's the one that wants to stand tall. People know him as Australia's premier rider, and he has a point to prove by actually going on to win these races and not just on the nature strips and zakis of the world. He needs to obviously perform on the big days on horses that aren't always just $1.80, $2 shots in the market. He needs to prove that he really is Australia's best jockey and one of the world's best. Yeah, exactly, and you can kind of have a bit of comfort knowing you're, he's going he's gonna to score some points for you. And not do not do a Damien Oliver where he scores one point uh, as the <laughs> highest expected uh, jockey last last round. Yeah, for, for sure. And what we've 
become accustomed to over the past couple of Supercoach seasons is he's trustworthy. You might have other jockeys do that a couple points better on the day, but on a consistency basis, there's a reason he's leading the most amount of Supercoach points at the moment thus far into the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna ask us any questions, or uh, feel free to chat. Uh, my Twitter handle is water underscore four and Justin. Mine is Justin Darcy seven. Yeah, awesome. And uh, is there any other racing that you, other than the ones we mentioned, that you think would pop a keen eye out? Um, Derby Day is just the best day of the year. Enjoy every race on the card and. Yeah, hopefully we have a fill-up on Supercoach and maybe have a little play in a couple other races, but we'll just have to see and, yeah, just enjoy the day. It's always Australia's premier race day. Yeah, exactly, and it's the start of a really wild um, week in a bit, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's it for us. It's been a pleasure talking this week, Justin. As always. And we'll see everyone again next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.